Running all my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, look, all my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, look. You overall disappointed with the Celtics? Well, I don't want to use the word disappoint, I just, I just think there's something else going on, like, this game we play, the, the simpler you make it, the easier it becomes. They have to identify whose team it is, and I don't take that lightly. They have to identify who the second puncher is, and the elders have to know their role. The Boston Celtics have been my most disappointing team in the NBA this season. If you want to blame someone off the court, you can blame Danny Ainge, and Danny Ainge blamed himself a couple days ago. There are too many occasions where we look at the Boston Celtics who have been in games, who have had leads, who have blown leads, who haven't been, who have just fallen apart, and we wonder what the hell is going on. Can the Celtics win a title with Tatum and Brown as their cornerstones? No. Anytime an executive speaks about lack of effort, that is an indictment against the coach. There's a malaise over this team. They're one of the worst fourth quarter teams in basketball. In a series full of bad losses for the Celtics, this to me, is the cherry on the Sunday. This is the worst loss of the year. It shows me that Brad Stevens is just getting walked over. It's the end of the line for the Boston Celtics as the Brooklyn Nets will advance to round two. In the Boston front office, Danny Ainge stepped down as president of basketball ops. And Brad Stevens, after eight seasons as head coach, moves from the bench into Ainge's world. The Boston Celtics are trading Kemba Walker in their 2021 first round pick to OKC for a package are reportedly hiring that assistant, Ime Doka. What up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. This is your boy Dexter, your host, the one and only. Welcome back to another show. Hey, the NBA right now is kind of insane what's going on. There is stuff that is going, like, I, I cannot even believe it just transpired. Like, for real. And I have a whole episode on that. <laughs> Hey, but man, welcome back to the show. We're in the middle of the week. Hey, today's what? Uh, March 18, 19, 20, somewhere around that, that time frame, right? So we're in the studio recording this episode, and there's a lot to ju- jump into, unpack, you know, unwind. And if you are the Boston Celtics fan, this episode is strictly for you guys because something that I have not seen in a long time just literally happened. So... Kick it with us in the next 15, 20 minutes. We're going to go ahead and dive into the Boston Celtics as far as, are they shocking the world? Because I know Boston fans, I know some of y'all out there just quit, like literally end of December, sometime in beginning January, and then things just transpired over the last two and a half months, and look at now, fast forward, boom, the Celtics are the one of the go-getters, one of the top teams in the East, and a team that people should put some respect on and be afraid of. So before we kind of get onto that, if you're new to the channel, uh, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, hit that bell notification right there. Anytime we drop a video, it comes directly to your phone, your tablets, and your laptops near you. Thumbs up if you can. Every time you do that, it helps us out on the algorithm on YouTube and IGTV as well. Every time you hit those love shapes, it pushes our content to the feed, to the top of the search box when you search for the video. So, yeah, that would be great if you can do that. And we're on all streaming platforms out there from audio route from uh, to video on, like I said, IGTV, YouTube, and then all the social media platforms, you know your boy's on there. So we're on Twitter, we're on IG, we're on Facebook, we're on TikTok. 
So you can catch me all over there. If you want to hit me up, you can hit me up on Twitter as well. I do holler back. Comments in the bottom if you can. I do I do chat back with you guys as well. So let's get that out of the way. We got we to gotta dive into this because there's so much to unpack, right? So the Boston Celtics, the boys in the green, right? It's been insane what's going on as far as in Boston. I got I got to tip my hat off to the, the organization as far as putting the right pieces around Tatum and Jason um, and Jalen. It took time for them to kind of mesh together, but I'll go ahead and break this stuff down to you. So after starting the season, 18 and 21. So I'll say sometime by end of December, around Christmas break, right? Uh, their record was looking around 18 and 21. So, like they're below 500. Uh, they're struggling. They couldn't be the top teams in the East or in the West. They were just struggling to get games, consistent wins in a row. And everybody was blaming Emma Yudoka, who is the rookie head coach in the NBA. Obviously, we know who he is. He played in the NBA for a long time, playing in San Antonio as well under Coach Pop, then also became an assistant coach for under Coach Pop for a long time, right? And but amongst his peers, right, people are talking about how good he is as far as mindset. So I guess that the, the offense that he was trying to establish from the beginning wasn't really working. Or it was just taking enough time to gel. But right now, I'll tell you right now, the wheels is on. Like two months ago, three months ago, yeah, the wheels fell off, right? But the team didn't quit. So going back to that, so they're 18-21, right? When they pretty much around the end of December, right? And there was a lot of negative talk about Jason Tatum and, and, and Jalen Green and the, and, the, and the Celtics organization. Should they just – is this a one-year one year, one year done for the head coach as far as Emily Adoka? People were kind of wondering about that. But, you know – the supporting cast of the team at the time sucked. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it blunt with you guys. They, they were trash. Like, they couldn't... No one cared about the damn role, right? Dennis Schroeder came there thinking that he's going to be the guy, right? You had Marcus Smart having, you know, a couple riffs of certain words he's saying with the team. You have Jalen Brown, who was pretty much... He was going through injury issues and stuff like that. Jason Tatum. Everybody's talking about, can those two guys just do his work, Right? Well, let me tell you right now. They were going through that, and then they kind of surpassed that. Because we, we heard about the talk about Marcus Smart, what he said, right? Oh, those guys don't pass the ball as far as Jason Tatum and, Mark, and, and, and Jalen Brown. Then the people were pointing fingers like, ooh, in, in, inside locker room, beef should never surface, right? That, all that stuff was going on back in December. Then there was talks about Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum uh, – like they say, can, can they be separated? Can they get traded? Can Jalen Brown be moved? Whatever it may be. Because no one's talking about Jason Tatum getting traded. It was more about Jalen Brown getting moved out from the team. And then Marcus Smart as well. And obviously there is so much going on, right? So 34 games later, right? You have the Boston Celtics who pretty much um, have the second best record in, in the NBA right behind Phoenix Suns, right? These guys, and this is 34 games after... I'll say New Year's Eve, you know, the, the, and, and on, on the route they're playing, right, on, on, on the pace they're playing, right, I think they're like 27 and something, right? And I'll go ahead and pull up this graphic for you guys to see that. As far as, like, their record, they're 27 and 7 since January 1st, since New Year, New uh, New Year's Eve, I think, or December 31st, right? Before that, they're 18-21, right? So the tales of the two halves, right, basically, the first half of the season, they suck butts. Right then, the second half of the season, up to this point right now, uh, in the 34 games or so, they're 27 and seven, second best record behind the Phoenix Suns. Right, and it's kind of ironic too that 
we're actually talking about the Phoenix Suns because on New Year's, they actually beat the Phoenix Suns. And ever since that day, that was a turning point in the season, according to Al Horford. Al Horford did mention that, you know, ever since we beat the Suns, we've pretty much been on a roll since then, right? So coming back to the, the last 34 games, they clearly have the best net rating, and it's pretty absurd, but the best net rating since that time, since the, the, uh, January 1st to now. 13.3, right? They're, they're four points ahead of the second best team, who is the Phoenix Suns, who is the best team in the league. So it just tells you the turn, the, like the turnaround they had since January 1st or New Year's Eve, December 31st, up to this point, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. They also turned into the best defense in the NBA since the span of the second half of the season. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. Like I heard, like I seen how they were playing and 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 how they were playing against other teams, and I'm like, bro, these guys, they literally hustle. They never give up, even if they're up by 20 or they're down by 20. They never give up. You have guys who play literally for every inch of the court. Marcus Smart, for example. Right, Grant Williams, for example, right, Robert Williams, for example, right. Those guys, uh, uh, those guys work so hard on both sides of the offense. I mean, both sides of the court, offense and defense, especially on defense, right. But you know the the, the crazy thing. So let's just start from this, right. So the they they pretty much beat, and I'm gonna pull up all these teams here for you guys to see all this graphic right here, right. They they pretty much ran through the tape, and, and this is not this is no joke. This is not something that I can sit here and say, well. The Celtics don't deserve the praise and, you know, all the kudos. And, you know, they, they they need to be talked about for sure. Because if you look at the teams they beat, right, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies 120 to 107, right? They go to Denver, I believe, or, they, or Denver comes to, I'm not sure which one, but they pretty much beat them by 20 points, 124 to 104. Then they play against the Atlanta Hawks, right? And they, put them, uh, they beat them 107 to 98, right? Then they play against... The Philadelphia 76ers, right, with, with James Harden and Embiid, I believe, was were they playing? I'm pretty sure they was playing. If not, I could be wrong. But they dropped 135 points on the uh, on them. And they only scored, the Sixers only scored 87 points. I mean, I mean that's, that's an ass tail kicking right there, right, for you. I mean, if you get blown on like that, regardless if you don't have those players or not, or if one of them is playing, they're sending you a message. And then on top of that, they're playing against, they're playing against my Warriors, Second quarter, we're down by eight. As far as me being a Warriors fan, we're down by eight, right? Put the camera back on me. We're, we're, we're down by eight. And Marcus Smart is diving for a ball that I think Jason Tatum and uh, Clay Thompson are juggling to get the ball, right? And Marcus Smart, and I'll play that clip for you guys in a second. He's diving. He's trying to get the ball and undercuts him. People can say it's, it's dirty. It come, people can say it's just hustle. I'm letting you know right now, right? I'm not being biased. I'm not being biased. But when they said the same thing about LeBron James, right, and Solomon Hill a couple years back with LeBron's leg, I think it was last season, actually, when he played for the Atlanta Hawks, that guy pretty much landed on LeBron James's leg, causing him to miss about a month. Well, this is almost the same damn thing. Steph Curry's ahead of him. Obviously, Steph's not diving. Marcus Smart will dive for the ball, but then he puts his back into... Steph's ankle, and I'm not here to kind of sit and harp about that situation. I, it is what it is. I moved on from it, but I don't want to hear nothing about you guys coming at me about, no, that was clean, because that was not clean. Second quarter, you're up by eight, and you're diving for the ball? Miss me with that. 
going forward, right? So they have the best defense. The Celtics got the best defense in the leagues, hands down, since that time. Since January 1st. I mean, they've been locking up everybody. Everybody. I mean, they started from, like, their offense to defense kind of thing. It wasn't like their only defense and they can't score. They went from offense, then they went from locking you guys down, right? And then the offense is the side of the ball, right? The ball movement improved dramatically as far as on their offense. This season, it was stagnant. It was boring. It was more like, okay, we know what's going to happen. Give the ball to Jason Tatum. Give the ball to Jalen Brown. Yeah, here and there, Marcus Smart is going to have the ball. He's probably going to do his thing a little bit. But we know it's going to be it's going to be JT, then it's going to be JB, then it's going to be JT, then it's going to be JB. And, like, it was so, so predictable. It was boring. Like, the ball go to him, and then, it, like, those guys won't pass the ball. And this has been said for the last couple of years, and it's been confirmed by Marcus Smart when he said in a, in a post-game presser that, oh, yeah, they don't pass the ball. And he's referring to Jenna Brown and JT, Jason Tatum. And that's when everybody came out like, ooh, they got some problem in the locker room, right? But that everything changed since then. Because I've seen the ball movement. I've seen, hey, I get the ball, boom, corner pocket here, Marcus Smart. Passing to JT. JT pump faking, going to the basket, kicking out to Al Horford. Instead, he's going to lob to Robert Williams. He sees Al Horford in the pocket as far as corner three, kicks it out to him. Water. Jalen Brown going to the basket like he always does. He's the more of a, like, the aggressor as far as a slasher to the basket. Going to the basket, yam. Next time he's going to the basket, they're trying to do double tree trap, kicks out. Marcus Smart, Marcus corner. corner. Wop, wop. Richard. Richard. Wop, wop, Grant Williams. Williams. Pop, pop, pop. Like, the ball movement is insane. Like, it's it's to a point where their assist percentage for the team was at was 23rd in the league. Like, they were at the bottom of the league. That just tells you the ball wasn't moving. It's stagnant. It just, like, time just froze in a, in, in, in a sense, right? But over the course of the last two and a half months, they jumped from the 23rd spot in the league to the ninth, ninth in the NBA as far as assist percentage. Right, as far as team assist, as far as passing the ball around. Like it's like hot potato, hot potato. Boom, 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 boom. Get open man open. And the thing about it is that no one's standing no more. And you have to respect Al Horford's shot. The reason why the Celtics are where they are offensively is not because of JT and Jalen Brown. Those guys would do the thing. Those guys average around 24 points a game, 25 points a game. Yada, yada. But that's not, that, that won't cut it. You need you need depth in the bench to score, and you need some other guys like your, your role players, like a Marcus Smart, like a Al Horford. And some of you out there really think Al Horford was trash, was a waste of pickup. That guy made a difference for you on both sides of the court, offense and defense. If you don't, if you, if you don't believe me, go look it up. Go pull up his reference on his numbers and his stats and highlight me and let me know. So I know somebody like that who will be watching that been hating on Al Horford since he came back. And I've been telling you, why do you think they start two bigs on the Celtics? Why do you think Al Horford plays the power forward? And why do you think he stands on the perimeter when you have Robert Williams in the paint? Just saying. Defensively, it works out. Offensively, it works out. But going forward, right? So they're going through this whole passing thing, right? It's like a community event. It's like a community process, right? Oh, pass the ball here and no. And then there's not one particular player that's going to be just holding the ball the whole entire game 
or one particular player that's going to be the one that's going to be passing the ball the whole entire game. It could be Marcus Smart, JT, JB. It can be Pritchard off the bench. It could be uh, Derek, Derek White. It can be whoever. They have, a pl- they have plenty of players that can do some playmaking on that team, right? But one player I do want to highlight is Jason Tatum, right? The reason why I want to highlight Jason Tatum is because he made the biggest leap and the biggest difference since since uh, December 31st, March, or January 1st, New Year's Eve or New Year's, since that point on to now, JT's been that guy. I'm not I'm not talking about JT being the, the guy who's going to give you 25 points a game. This guy pretty much pretty much took the team on his shoulder. That's one. Second, uh, developed his game to be more of a playmaker and a decision maker, meaning when the games are, in, when the games are close when they're, or, or, or they're down by 10, he's making smart decisions. And I'm going to show you clips right here about what I'm talking about. Jason Tatum a couple years ago was throwing the lob. In this sense, you're going to see what I'm saying. Play the clip. So you see Jason Tatum. He's dribbling the ball. Instead of throwing the alley-oop to Robin Williams, he's kicking out to the corner to Al Horford. He didn't make those reads or those progressions in the past. Before, he used to either go up to the basket himself and cause a a contact and get an N1 call or throw alley-oop to Robert Williams. So if you can like you can see I'm running back again. So Jason Tatum is coming down, right? They collapse the defense, right? You have Capella right there. Then you have Gallinari who's trying to cheat. He's trying to help the help side leak into the, the paint. Then he kicks it out to Al Horford. Obviously, Gallinari's not that quick enough to get back. Al Horford hits it. Boom. Very good catch and shoot. Three-point shooter, solid guy. So Jason Tatum is making things different this year as far as his play, play, play making ability and his decision making. We all know. We all know JT is a three score, a three level score. Guy can do it all. He can be in the paint slashing. He can be hitting with the mid range, right? Three pointer, free throws, all that good stuff, right? Getting to the basket. But what makes him so deadly this time, this as far as in this season, and I think why he pretty much progressed and got better this season is because his size and his athleticism that allows him to do anything on the court. This guy can go to the bucket. He can he can he can go, he can kick the ball out to the three point shooter. He can collapse the defense and kick out. So you know drive kick kind of thing, right? And his cutting ability. The guy doesn't stand still. Like this year, I've been watching a lot of games for the Celtics. Even highlights. The guy is not standing still. You have to respect him. Where if he's on the perimeter, and let's say Jalen Brown has the ball and Marcus Smart, you have to respect Jalen Tatum to you know to be in 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 a point where if he catches the ball, he can raise up on you, can shoot. Right? If not, he's coming to the basket. The guy does not do one thing only. He does multiple plethora of things. So the guy can play off the ball shooting, cutting ability, or he can score on all three levels. We know Jason Tatum is that kind of guy. And he's, I mean, like, like I said, he's highly, uh, and even when it comes down to where you need buckets from uh, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum can score in isolation situations with the best of them in the league. When you put KD in that breath, when you put... Le, uh, LeBron James, forget about LeBron James. LeBron James prime probably KD right now. Luka Doncic, right? Car uh, uh, Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, uh, Jace, uh, James Harden, Steph Curry, uh, even Paul George. Not Paul George, sorry, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you have well, Jimmy Buckets can do that in some in some spurs. You got DeRozan doing the same thing in Chicago. Zach Levine, like Jason Tatum's up there. Jason Tatum's amongst those guys. Like, JT ain't going to shy away. We know in isolation situation, he has the ability to do that. And that's what I like about JT is because he definitely should be just be talked about as far as the top 10, top 15 player. 
People going to argue top 10 might be kind of tight, but top 15 definitely is going to be in there. But like I said, it's not about his scoring that's impressing me. He's impressing me by his playmaking ability and his decision-making. And his coach even said that too. His coach also said, hey, JT did progress as far as taking leadership with his own hands as far as making decisions and trying to get players, other players better in situations. And it definitely helped out the Celtics this year. Right? But the biggest plus, the biggest plus this year for damn sure is going to be Marcus Smart. And people out there that want to hate, they do. Who came, bro? This guy came out of Oklahoma State. Cowboy. We know how he came up. You know, got into a little altercation with the fan, whatever it may be. But Marcus Smart never backed down. I like his grit. I like his hustle. And like I said, even though I might have my little thing about with the whole situation with Steph Curry, but overall, I love Marcus Smart. Dude is good. I've been supportive of him since day one. Those guys don't come around often. And when I say he is the Draymond Green of the guys in blue, the boys, I'm sorry, the boys in blue, the guys in green, the boys in green, the Boston Celtics, he is the Draymond Green for that team. Like, hands down. He is the biggest impact, the most valuable, the most uh, worthy player that you cannot lose on that team is Marcus Smart. He is like Draymond Green to the Warriors. Maybe not to that certain extent, but if you take away Marcus Smart, <laughs> yeah, you're not going nowhere because he does all the grit, the grind, the dirty. He's everywhere, you know. So I love Marcus Smart. And even though Marcus Smart, year in, year, in, year out, he's always getting talked about in trade talks and this and that and the third, right? But he kept the composure, still plays. I don't know why you wouldn't trade him. Like, I would keep the guy, you know. Obviously, trade down and pass. They kept him ever since then. They only lost one game. They only lost one game since that time. So, yeah, Celtics, man, the, the position they're in, I'll be afraid of it. Whoever's in the East, y'all can get it. These guys were ninth, 10th in the East in December. Now they're 5th. Got to get the respect, man. Got to get the respect. And the Celtics will not be in this position, like I said, without Marcus Smart. They need him as much as he needs them, right? He's a, he has the ability to do a lot of things on defense. But on offense, what he improved in was the same thing I said about Jason Tatum. His decision-making. He's not a true point guard. Dennis Schroeder's not here. Right? Kemba Walker last year left. Kyrie before that left. Right? They had other players that came and gone. He starts at the point guard. But what he got better at since the time they've been winning to now is his decision-making just as much as Jason Tatum. What, what Marcus Smart does is that he goes to the basket. A lot of people might say, no, he doesn't. Look up his tape. And he kicks out to the corners. So he's going to have to make a decision. Either you're going to block his floater or his layup, or he's going to kick out to shooters. So he's going to drive in, kick, drive in, kick, drive in, kick. And that's what he does, and he's very good at that. So he's a big, he's a huge part of uh, the Celtics, especially in the second half of the season, right? So going forward, right, the Celtics made a lot of, they, they, made, they made a move this, this last summer. When they added Al Horford, right, when they decided to get Derek, uh, uh, Derek uh, White, when they decided to get back Theus, who was their center from the previous time, a couple years ago. These guys added nothing but dogs. Derek White is a dog, two-way player. Theus on back down, physical guy in the paint. Al Horford, we know his rap, right? We know that Duke can shoot offensively and defensively. He's going to make you work. So when you put guys like this, when you when, when it comes to the, the Boston defense, they have bodies, right? They have nasty. They have strength. They have swag. They have this aura about them, like this grit. Like, would you see in Memphis? Grizzlies is the same thing I see in Boston. Dogs. Like, these guys work hard. 
Like they they take a lunch pail to work. You know what I mean? No white collar kind of stuff. I'm talking blue collar, right? But like I said, when you have size, when you have grit, Jalen Brown, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, uh, you have Robert Williams, Diaz, you have Al Horford, Grant Williams, right? The, the the rotation is crazy. These guys go seven, eight deep, and then they, they can flip those guys in and out. Derek White could be with the starting group one second. Derek White could be with the start the second string, right? Grant Williams. Underrated player, underrated player from Tennessee. That dude worked his butt off to get where he's at right now. Let me tell you right now, Grant Williams deserves to be in the NBA for a long time. Guy works hard. He hustles, rebounds, plays defense, can hit corner threes. You have to put some respect on that guy's name too. Yeah, so with that being said, if I had to pick one weakness from the Celtics, it is shooting three. I don't know what it is, but that those guys can't shoot the three that great, man. They cannot. They, they kill you every, everywhere else, but they're shooting the threes. So when they, they would have to fix that out because I know Tatum has been pretty much terrible in the three-point land this year. Like, Duke can't shoot that three consistently. I think no one can. Even Marcus Smart and Al Horford, as good as they can be hitting threes here and there, they're not consistent either. So you would have to figure out how you can do that. When it comes to the playoff, when the game slows down, it becomes half court. If you're down by 15, you're going to need threes to come and help you here and there. You just cannot be a one dynamic offense. And like I said, the season is sweet and all that good stuff, right? But when it comes to playoff, you will get exposed. So I hope they can turn that stuff around, you know, and, 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 and I want the Celtics to be in the playoffs. Can they go to the Eastern Conference Finals this year? I don't know. I But they're they going to put some people on notice. The East is so stacked. The, the playoffs, I don't care about the West. The West has three teams. Literally three teams. You have the Phoenix Suns, you have the Golden State Warriors, and whoever else, Memphis, Denver, whoever. But those three teams are going to come out of the West, right? One of those three teams, right? In the in the East, it could be anybody. The Nets are seventh place, right? Boston just came back in the mix. Toronto's trying to catch up. They got great defense. You have, you have Miami, who's still a top dog in the East. You, you got the Sixers with James Harden and, and Joel Embiid, right? You have the, you have the Milwaukee Bucks, the reigning Eastern Conference line champs coming right back to the mix. You have the Chicago Bulls, who still haven't beat a top 500 team. But they're still up there as well. So you have a lot of teams in the East. It can go to anyone this year. And I, I'm going to tell you now, if you want to put your money on your wages on it, hey, man. You're going to have to see this happen anytime soon, man, because I'm telling you now, the East is more loaded. I'm watching the Eastern Conference Finals for damn sure. I ain't West all tap into here and there, but the East is going to be for the – I can't believe I'm saying this. The East is going to be more entertaining than the West and the playoffs. Hey, it's going to be interesting, though, man. But, hey, man, I appreciate you all staying in here. Boston Celtic fans, enjoy this because I'm going to tell you now, it's not easy doing what they did, for real. No cap. There's no way you can be doing what they did in a span of two and a half months and be a, a five seed in the East. And people can say the East is weak. No, it's not. Look at the numbers. Put respect on their name. The boys in green out there in the East Coast, man. I know some of y'all here who watches this, you know, man, I'm not going to say names, but I know who you, who you are. You Celtic fans. Enjoy it, man. Hey, man, I appreciate the love. Stay tuned. Y'all be safe out there. Next episode is going to be fire. I'm going to drop it pretty soon in a couple of days. Breaking news on that one for sure. So tap in with me next time. Until then, y'all be safe. Peace. It's getting serious on this track.